0: Did Demetri tell you like the tools that I bought and then
1: this, I Who <laughs> gets five for, for ten dollar uh, tools at Lowe's, the shits just shatter
0: whenever you try to use it? <laughs> Demetri turned on the drill and just went You <laughs> 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 trying to
2: hammer nails with a fucking plastic hammer you get your children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those blow up hammers that that, that children use that you bonk people on the head with. <laughs> We it makes some funny noise. And he's like, what do you mean? You like my tool set? Yeah. <laughs> you like my the new dr- tools?
0: The drill bit went, no.
2: 150 pieces.
1: We tried to use the drill bit and that shit snapped so fast. <laughs> it was a good deal. I got
0: 150 pieces for $10. It broke. I got 149 more. Let's go.
1: <laughs> it was like using. I got backup, son. Yeah. It was like using those little candy sticks out of those. uh, <laughs> you know, What's it called? Fun dip? Yeah. It was like no. trying to drill something with that fun dip candy stick. It just, pff, no. right, huh? <laughs> we're going to have to go to the store. You need better bits than this.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters.
0: Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 39. Uh, I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D.
2: Host number three, as always, Corey.
0: And we are brought to you by PopChest. They are a media distribution platform which uses Bitcoin micropayments to directly reward content creators. So if you make premium videos, head on over to the website, and within minutes, you can start receiving Bitcoin from every viewer. And if you want to watch cool Bitcoin videos, head on over to TheProtocol.tv to watch an exclusive one-hour interview with the biggest brain in Bitcoin, Vitalik Buterin, founder of the Ethereum project. The only way to watch this commercial-free video is on TheProtocol.tv and with Bitcoin micropayments enabled by PopChests. And the website for PopChests is popchest.com. We're also brought to you by the good folks at Escrow My Bits. It's fast. It's super easy, and it only takes three steps. You just register and deposit Bitcoin, seller ships the item, buyer checks the goods, and releases the funds, and they also offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. And they offer Bitcoin escrow on a chain pegged to fiat value using new bits, which just so happens to be the world's first stable digital currency. They charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all transactions, and they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party escrow my bits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around so go to their website make sure you sign up for their newsletter stay up to date escrow your shit with escrow my bits that's, that's escrowmybits.com yep yep
1: gotta escrow your shit use escrow my bits that's it that's the whole jingle jingle impromptu jingle yep <laughs>
0: Uh, this week is not a good week for Venezuela. You guys heard about that?
4: Yeah, I heard,
1: nope. I heard it's hell on earth in Venezuela right now. <laughs> yeah. I heard that the angels of doom have arisen and the horsemen have fallen and, uh, you know, babies are turning into monsters and zombies. And that's pretty accurate. Vampires yeah. have
2: run amok. Oh, well, that's not just Venezuela.
1: They're in the mud They're in the midst of. A You're werewolf. talking about
2: Zika, and it's not about. It's not just Venezuela. Fucking Brazil's going nuts.
1: I don't think he's talking about Zika. I think Zika's oh. a whole other thing. Like Zika
2: is affecting
0: Central Texas, actually more it's than affecting
1: the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Mosquitoes suck. I don't understand why we can't just kill them all, eradicate
2: them. I have Seriously. yet to figure out. I've yet to figure out the reason why they exist. Like ecolo- ecologically, is it just population control? I mean, I'm not quite sure what it has they're to good be for.
1: Just population <laughs> control, you know. Even though that sounds so evil to say, like there's got to be a way to keep those humans under wraps. Let's spread disease through this little itty bitty annoying ass insect. What are y'all talking about? Uh, I think Marcello's talking about Venezuela being bankrupt as fuck. They uh, oh, yeah,
0: that's, that's they're, they're suffering from the deepest recession ever recorded by any country ever. Jeez. They have the highest inflation rate and the highest credit risk, and they have plunging oil prices, and well, despite all the troubles, they kept making payments on their $100 billion debt, but they can't do that anymore. They have to default, mm. and it's going to rock the financial markets. They it's going it. to
1: rock everyone, but it's mm. not the first, man. It's the first of many. This house of cards is going to start crumbling in some spots.
2: I mean, shit's happening.
4: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's,
2: a lot of economies are – I mean, the world economy falling down pretty bad right now. I mean we That's say
1: like, it right at the top of the episode. We're not experts, but I know one damn thing. Everybody can't owe everybody money. Like every country is in debt. I don't know how that even makes sense. Who has all the money? It's
2: goddamn Dr. Evil. That's who the Jewish Jewish bankers that reside oh. in the center of the center of the oh. earth?
1: Oh no. You can't go there, Cor. <laughs> That's so bad.
2: That's, that's worse fine. than anything
1: I've ever said. It's not that
2: bad. I, I'm telling you like, – I don't understand why a Jewish person would find offense to that. We're telling them that they're smart enough to have all the money. It's, it's not it's – not, if it is racist <laughs> – because it is. It definitely is racist. I'm not being serious. But at least it's positive. <laughs> it's, it's one of the good stereotypes. I mean, the, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's politically correct and it's proper to say and I'm not being serious. But at least it's positive. It's got that going for it. There you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we're all about the good stereotypes here at the Bitcoin Podcast. Like, let's just list a few. Like, Chinese people are great at math. Um,
0: They're good at breakdancing.
1: Great at breakdancing. Um, Black guy's
2: got really good rhythm.
1: Yeah, we have great rhythm. You can jump high. And high jumping capabilities. Um And... What else? I
2: don't do think white people have a very good positive stereotype.
1: Um,
2: you have a good. You can get a
0: cab and you have a good credit. <laughs>
2: there you go.
1: Good <laughs> okay. cab and a good credit. So that's yeah. a good stereotype. Well,
0: what's interesting is uh, I was reading about like the Bitcoin community in Venezuela, and 10% of everyone that owns Bitcoin in that country are miners. So the mining community there is really great.
2: I wonder Mine. why. Is it? Because they don't have very good on ramp. So the only way to do it is just to import the hardware and get it themselves. Or I mean, like, I feel like there might be roadblocks governmentally, I don't know for sure that keep them from getting Bitcoin in an easy way. So they just have to mine it.
0: Well, it says here that the, the average electric bill for a 320 kilowatt consumption is only six cents there. So this oh. means that a person mining Bitcoins with like old equipment at their home makes more money than an engineer working 160 hours a month.
2: Yeah, especially if their currency is falling, they're receiving a lot of money because mm-hmm. like, relative to the currency they can spend. The purchasing power of the Bitcoin they receive from mining is vastly greater than what you know, anybody in America can get.
1: Do you guys think there will ever be a country that says, "Hey, Bitcoin is legal tender, and you can use it right alongside our country's notes"? Is That a and, serious question? Yeah, yeah, it's a serious question. Yeah. of
2: course, of course, people, a country will decide it, will declare it legal tender. There's no reason why that wouldn't happen at some point.
1: Well, I mean, with all I just don't of think these, there's enough education. I mean, everybody shits on Bitcoin. Everybody. Oh.
2: It's because they don't understand it. Everybody shit on the internet too, except for me. I didn't shit on the internet. And now you see people, like some countries, are saying that internet is a is a is a human right, and that we can't keep people from having the internet. And so, like, it's gone from people shitting on the internet to people saying it's a it's a it's a human right next to, <laughs> you know, freedom of speech or, you know, the right to pursue happiness or whatever other human right you decide to. So, you do you think are there
1: freedom to uh right
2: to bear arms you right go.
1: to bear arms that's a big one here in old america town um texas right to uh not incriminate yourself that's another one it's the fifth amendment there um what else have we got we don't even know our rights. We don't Maslow, know is,
2: is Maslow's hierarchy of needs anywhere in the human rights? Is that just something that you, everyone knows?
1: I think that's just something everyone knows. Like, you got to have a place
2: to eat, sleep, food. Sounds to me like uh, Marcello is cheating. I never not you, you Googling I, I over there? I didn't know who Maslow was. I wanted to see who he oh, was. <laughs> oh, for those that don't know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the uh, basic needs of a human. And mm-hmm. the very bottom is like food, breathing, et cetera. And as you go higher and higher and higher, they get more and more, um, I guess, less ethereal, mm-hmm. yeah, less, less physical in terms of like social interaction and stuff like that. So no, you can only specific. worry about one of them unless, you've, unless you have autom- automatically met ah, – hold on. You've met the needs of the lower primitive mm-hmm. hierarchy before you can start con- considering other ones. So you don't worry about social interaction if you haven't eaten in three days. You just want to eat, yep. stuff like that.
1: And at the very top, there is the transcendence stage where you transcend this plane
0: and then you spar with Raiden all Religion. But before you can do that, you need to get eight hours of sleep a night.
2: Yep. 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 Get some good food in there, drink some water.
1: Then you can transcend and spar Raiden, uh, god of thunder and lightning in your transcendence. So,
0: before Raiden entered Mortal Kombat, he got lots of sleep and ate some avocados.
2: Lots of avocados. Avocados are so good for you. They are. They are.
1: Um. Anyways, we're a little bit off. Venezuela, their money's <laughs> Um. They need Bitcoin, bad, but they're not going to do it because their country's probably going bananas right now. The last thing on their mind is Bitcoin. In fact, I can probably imagine the conversation right now. It's probably... Sir, we are running out of money. He
2: said, what do you mean we're running out of money? Why are they Scottish? <laughs> that was Venezuelan. That's your, that's your main accent. Like You can do black people great, but when it comes to well, any I'm other black. culture, they just all sound Scottish. I'm a black person. <laughs>
1: of course I could do is black it, well. Is it
2: because we all look alike? Well, black people speak two languages
1: naturally. We speak job interview and then we speak uh, normal <laughs> vernacular. I speak job interview when I'm on the show. But nice. as soon as the show, as soon as these lights turn off, it's like, oh, what's up, playoff? Nah, I mean. Nah, I'm saying. Nah, I'm saying. That Bitcoin shit, you dig? No, I'm sorry. It's not like that. But- Whoa.
0: <laughs> Do you say you dig in normal, everyday conversations? I say word a lot more than I should.
2: I'm just mm-hmm. trying to zoom, zoom in your boom, boom. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> word? Like, when a boss comes to me, he's like, hey, uh, you know, make sure that you... You focus on this content this week. We really got to have a good showing. And i like, word. And that's how I respond.
0: I think we should have a new segment like ask, ask a black Bitcoiner.
1: We've tried the black segments. They always fade out because we forget about them. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny when we
2: did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, Venezuela. Uh, we have, we're in a recession and the money is nowhere and. But we could use Bitcoin. Get the fuck out of here with your Bitcoin. That's the conversation that they're having in whatever the White House parallel is in Venezuela right now. Yeah. So. Not going good. Not going good at all. Has anybody us- even suggested Bitcoin? Like, have we seen any posts or anything?
2: I have not.
0: No, I haven't. So what Other
1: people are going bankrupt as fuck, too. Puerto Rico owes the United States a bunch of money. So, like I said in like episode eight, I want to just roll on over to Puerto Rico and say, "Give me my money, <laughs> pay me. You don't have to pay Uncle Sam, just pay me, and I'll make sure he gets it."
0: <laughs> just can we do right
2: that? Well, they owe us money. That'd be care. nice. You could teach them how to use Bitcoin, but do it in a in an improper way. So you can just steal all their Bitcoin when they buy it? Oh, yeah. You get, get real
1: scammy with that's it. Not, that's not
2: illegal or anything, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> Speaking of
2: Bitcoin scams, why are there so many? Because it's easy. It's a new, it's a new generation of, of, of taking advantage of people's ignorance. I mean, it, well, it's the same thing with email. When email came out and you have all these freaking Nigerian princes all of a sudden <laughs> asking for money and money, money transfers. It, because people don't know, understand that the person on the other side isn't who they say they are,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? And, and so those is emails, Bitcoin, yeah, they're still ahead. around too. People yeah. still fall for them. When you generalize a form of communication that allows for certain behavior that wasn't allowed before, people assume that the people who are using this new form of communication are doing things morally. And that's not always the case because there's immoral people out there.
1: Why would you assume that, though? That's Because never my uh, assumption.
2: there's a good portion of people in the world that assume that people at a base are moral people. And especially if they have a small community of moral people, they assume everyone outside of their community is also moral, which definitely isn't true, especially when you cross international boundaries. Because if you're an American living in a small bubble of really nice people and then all of a sudden you're able to communicate with people in really, really, really shitty circumstances that want your money – they're not going to treat you very well, but you don't know that because you've never experienced something like it before. But if you grew up in that neighborhood, you know not to trust, you know, some guy off the street who looks like he's going to stab you in the throat. Mm. A I, was with, I was going to go with stereotypes there, so I just decided to do a, a That screamed Poorly,
1: Jeez, man, we have to stay away. <laughs> We're just offending everyone today. <laughs> We hadn't offended
2: anybody in a while. We got to start taking off some of our our listenership. Hold up. I got the list over here. It's been a while since D has ruined our our listenership. We (laughs) got to do it all at once.
1: Hold up. I got the list right here, guys. Nigerians, we're going to get on them. (laughs) Aussies, we're going to get on them for having Fosters not even be Australian. What kind of shit is that? Uh, We're going to get on Irish people, specifically Conor McGregor.
0: Hannah McGregor.
1: I want to talk trash about him. So he talks trash about us and then we get famous. Anyways. um,
0: All right. This is a good, this is a good transition. I'm going to send you guys this link
1: on Facebook.
0: Okay. You guys can click that. In the meantime, there is this weird uh, private blockchain retreat in North America uh, later this month and it's super limited to 60 members and they apologize in advance saying they won't likely invite you. But they say that the best way to get invited is if you know someone who's attending. And we have interviewed Melanie Shapiro. She's going to be there. And today's guest, Justin Newton, is going to be there. So I can email these people and be like, hey. Get at are, me, bro. We're industry <laughs> thought leaders. We know some people here. What's
1: okay. up? Okay. The first thing I see when you see me this picture of the Satoshi Round Table. Is the knight on the top right has the tiniest sword of all of them? Like it's not the size
2: of the sword you use; it's the way that you. No, the use sword that goes sword. through. It's Not tiny; it goes through, bro. It goes through. Working your angles. No,
1: not. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Never mind. T- take that back. Um. The black
2: guy would talk about the small sword. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, we just live by a different standard. <laughs> so. What is Satoshi Roundtable? Small group of leaders formed by Gaia to form the Captain Planet. of This feel is like what I was stole- just talking
3: about.
0: I feel like they stole your idea because you always say S- Knights of the Roundtable. Sounds like a bunch of
1: douchebags. I say That's- Knights of the Roundtable a
2: lot.
0: Yeah. I, d- I don't want to – I agree with Corey. It's very douchebaggery even though our, our guest is going to be there. Well, I
2: mean, don't get me wrong. No, this is great. When you, ha- when you get together, a lot of people with a lot of different mindsets – about a certain topic, you can have real conversations. And by doing something like this more often, maybe if, it's secluded, of course, you can't have everyone. So you try to get the leaders of the fields of all the different environments of Bitcoin together in a nice place so they have a little more incentive other than just talking about Bitcoin to talk about the issues, the current issues of Bitcoin, and maybe they can come together and... You see that resort? Decide what they think is the right thing to do for Bitcoin. And then these, the companies that are associated with these people will try and put that stuff into action. I mean, they're all doing it for the sake of Bitcoin. They're not doing it. Of course, they're, they're already yeah. rich because they have these companies. Or they're influential because they've, they've put out you know media or whatever else they're doing. They're, they, they've created something. So, uh, so on, on February
0: 29th, what do you what do you think is going to be a result of all these early adopters, CEOs, core devs, and founders? What do you, what do you think they're going to emerge from? Talking well, about
1: looking at this resort, if they're bringing their SOs to this thing, somebody's going to get pregnant. I know that much. Jeez, man, that place is laid out.
0: How many women are going to be there? The
1: well, let's not start that. Let's I am. Not, Let's not I go talk, there. I'm counting. <laughs> But what I do know is, ah,
0: damn! Look at that resort. It looks like Brazil. <laughs> ah. uh, Anyways, there's um, like four women there, and one of those women is going to be Justin's wife. So really, three.
1: Yep. So, um. Which sounds about right for Bitcoin numbers. Now you said, will anything productive come of this meeting? Uh,
0: the Illuminati Bitcoin meeting?
1: Um, I would have to say yes. It's only—it's always good, like Corey said, when there's so many representatives in, in in big positions from the industry getting together, see each other's faces. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but with Bitcoin, ideas. it's not—it's not like this isn't the banking industry. You know what I mean? It's not like all of the, all the bankers are getting together and 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 swishing cocktails. It's these people are all are. All different parts of the entire community of Bitcoin, which is really, really, really broad, right? And so that they can come up with they can see what everyone agrees upon and what it doesn't agree upon, or maybe like a certain aspect or a certain group of Bitcoin feels something should go this way, and they haven't heard the opinion of on a different aspect so that they can come together and really hear the whole story because Bitcoin is so broad. They have to do things like this. And it's it, a good idea no, to do. The wallets, the banking industry of Bitcoin, the core devs, the and, and other developers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They need to have a have a conversation, especially I think right now. So stuff like this is really good, I think. Yeah. Especially they if we owe get it to go. to
1: us, the lesser nights, to to broadcast some of that.
0: I think we have a shot. I'm gonna email them.
2: Shit, I and mean, what are they gonna say? No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's will. the worst
2: that can happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, is it bad that the only way reason I want to go there is to Gorilla Market? Like, just put our stickers all over their briefcases and shit and just make them real mad at us?
2: Like the bottom of their briefcase so they don't see it but
1: when they, they do things other people see it? Yeah. Get them real drunk and just put, them, put it all over their shit. Just <laughs> stickers everywhere.
0: There needs to be a video leak of someone getting drunk there. Real BD.
1: Yeah. Beaches and alcohol plus me equals me believing that I own nations. I remember yeah, that.
2: it was awful. Very,
0: very
1: <laughs> By the way, audience, I
0: have... Hold I on, we're going to edit this out. Hey, candle. pick
1: the baby up! <laughs> 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 we're not editing that. That's we're not true. editing that out. We're not editing it out.
0: What's wrong with her? Yeah. Hey, baby, calm yeah. down. Yeah. No. All right. Sometimes you got to yell at your baby. <laughs> All right. So, uh, one of the main issues that has slowed the adoption of Bitcoin as a currency and payment system has been the complexity of Bitcoin addresses. So we have Justin Newton, who is CEO of NetKey. And what they do is they, well, hold
2: on. What, what is the best way I can put this? Um, they, they, they turn the complicated addressing system of Bitcoin where you have a wallet and the wallet address. It's a long series of numbers and letters. And they turn that into something that's human readable so that you can say, pay me at Corey dot bit or something like that along those lines. Right. right. And so this if, then gets. Oh, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, jinx. Um, if, if, if you wanted to visit our website, instead of typing in the Bitcoin podcast.com, you'd have to type in like one nine, two point nine, four point five point five eight. So I guess he's doing the same for Bitcoin addresses as they did for like URLs, right?
1: DNS is, yeah, pretty much.
0: There you go, boom.
2: The domain, yeah, th- don't domain name services, I think it's what it's called. Anyway, yeah, they it's allowed you to tell someone your address. And this before before DNS happened for the internet and the interwebs and protocol and the, and the, all that. Um, you had to type in the specific, ad, uh, you know, IP address of who you're trying to go, and so it's really hard to keep track of where you want to go and who you want to talk to and what you want to see. It's also difficult to like have tell someone and then remember it. But now you can say, you know, thebitcoinpodcast.com, bitcoinpodcast.com, which routes you to the correct IP address of whatever place hosts that content. And that's he's, they're doing the same thing for Bitcoin, but with Bitcoin, it's 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 money, and so companies can use stuff like this to. Know pay their employees under the domain of whatever their company is. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like there's a lot of other creative, useful things you can do other than just telling someone a human-readable wallet address, which is also really convenient and nice too. So, yeah,
0: very well said, sir.
1: And it's hierarchical deterministic in the background. So what that means is that it, with every transaction transaction that goes into that wallet, it is generating a new a new address in the background, but it's keeping your, I guess, quote unquote DNS of whatever the name is of your net key wallet address on the top, you know, so it becomes really easy and you could see in a world where Bitcoin's ubiquitous and like now you can just say things like, hey, send me money at, uh, at, uh, bit that's that's my money address. That's where you send the monies to. Oh, or like, you know, hey, hey
2: man, uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that lunch. Can I uh, can I pay half of it? Yeah, sure. Uh, what, what's your wallet? What's your wallet address? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, it's d.bit. Okay, cool. I'll send you. Some, I'll send you some money. Yeah. And that's that's it. You don't have to do anything else. It's it's person to person. It's whatever you like, however you want to do information currently doing, you're just doing it with money now and it's secure. This guy's been around since the beginning of the internet. So he knows, he knows the parallels and, and the way things work. And he's been dealing with the protocol and underlying method of how things work from the very beginning. And he's, he's uh, quite insightful as to how this stuff yeah. is going. And I, I really enjoyed the interview. This is probably yeah. one of my favorite interviews he's had.
1: I felt like I was talking to the Yoda of Bitcoin at some points. The, well, he has a lot way, of morals and the way that things
2: should be done and, and you know, not only should, you know, how it's done, but should it be done and, how, and should it be done and how it's done properly. He really seems to care about a lot of that stuff. So I find it uh, a lot, I mean, really this, relieving.
0: This dude did, Go like we said, he's been no, arrested at the beginning. so Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, um, yeah I, I loved it. I love the interview. Well, let's stop talking about it and be about it. Here is Justin
0: Newton that here it is all right uh well i learned that you had a mentor in the early 90s who showed you the potential of the internet and you kind of went all in and many deemed that aspect as a revolution and then it occurred to us that with bitcoin for the first time in one lifetime we might be on the cusp of a dual revolution so why are you betting bitcoin being just as impactful or having equal transformational potential of the internet yeah, wow. There's a number of reasons for
3: that. And and let me tell you, I've given several one-hour talks on that subject, and actually I'm just about to fly to Singapore tomorrow to do the same thing at a MIT Emerging Technology Conference next week. And so it's definitely a topic that's near and dear to my heart because I think it's important as people look at what's happening here that uh, you, know, you use some of the examples that you can find uh, from some of the early days of the Internet as a way to... Uh, potentially see solutions to challenges we're seeing or to see parallels that will help us, you know, think about the ways to do things in the future. And so, you know, for me, I, like, I spent 20 years working in the Internet space and I, uh, you know, including the early commercialization and, and uh, mass market adoption of it. And I came into it because of the reasons that I saw it as democratizing information and communication, and you know, in the same way, uh, Bitcoin and blockchains democratize finance, and they democratize ownership of assets. Because for the first time in history, um, if you have your private key, you have control over over what you're doing. And to me, that's pretty exciting. And there are a lot of parallels that I see with with the internet as well, such as, you know, Bitcoin is a permissionless network that is replacing one that was highly permissioned. And, you know, the internet was exactly the same thing. Uh, When I was, you know, quite young, you actually uh, had to use a phone to plug into your wallet, your house that was approved by the phone company. Right. I mean, that's like the very definition of a closed network. There were like AT&T phones, which is just, you know, if you look at where we are now, just crazy. Um, and anything else, if you talked about running your own application or something else over the phone network, you know, unless there was a regulation that, that gave you space for it, there was no way to do it. And now if I think up an app in the morning, if I'm a creative enough developer, I can have people using it in the afternoon. And that's because the network that you're running it over is permissionless. And Bitcoin has that same aspect. And so I think that from that perspective, it has an opportunity to create um, revolutionary change that we can't even envision now.
4: That's powerful. That's uh, yeah. yeah. very, very
2: powerful. And, and what you've what you've created is, and if we take this analogy a little further, is you've kind of given the same way... Uh, People gave human-readable websites to IP addresses. You've done the same thing for Bitcoin. You've allowed people to have human-readable Bitcoin wallets. And is there anything else that NetKey provides other than, you know, maybe in terms of security or, or ease, just as being, other than just telling someone uh, your Bitcoin address verbally?
3: Yeah. So there's a, you know, a few things that the solution does or or can do, depending on how our partners implement it, because. You know, our service is really it's two things. One, it's a, a standard that we've released that anyone can go and implement on their own. But we also do provide it uh, as a service ourselves for for people that want uh, us to do it for them. And uh, uh, on top of that, when we built the standard, we wanted to ensure that we did it in a way that really preserved the uh, ideals that we have in the Bitcoin and blockchain ecosystem and. Most importantly, two of the things that were important to me is, first, we never want to lose anybody's money. So that we wanted to make sure that what we were building was as secure and preferably more secure than the practices that people had for sharing their addresses today. And, you know, sharing a wallet name with someone, we actually have more security ensuring that that address doesn't get man-in-the-middle or changed than when you were emailing it to someone or, you know, SMSing it to someone or, or something like that. And so, you know, we've improved the security over the way that people share their addresses today in most cases. And then, you know, the second piece that was the, the number two driver for us is we wanted to make sure that the solution that we were providing either uh, at a minimum had the same privacy as the practices people had today, but preferably improved both the privacy and the the security around the address sharing. And so the way that we did that is we actually built into the standard from day one uh, the ability to plug in on the back end to HD wallets, uh, as well as payment requests. And so by plugging into HD wallets, what that allows us to do is to hand the user back a unique address for every transaction so even if you give your wallet name out to 100 different people, they, they can each get a different address so that the only blockchain and transactions they can see that are associated with you are the ones that they're involved in. So you know we thought that that was really good from a privacy perspective as well as pushing one of the best practices in, you know, the, that's set in Bitcoin, which is that you're only supposed to use an address for one receipt.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Um a- Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, You've also, you've also created a, a Chrome extension. Can you tell us a little bit about its development and how, and how it's performed past the office stage?
3: Yeah, sure. So we, we released a Chrome extension,
2: uh, I think, just before
3: Christmas, if I'm remembering correctly. Everything's been pretty brizzy lately, so I may have the dates wrong. And the idea behind that, it's, it's actually really cool. You should go check it out in the Chrome store. It's the uh, NetKey, I think, Resolver extension. Doing it now. Yeah, and uh, what it does is it actually allows you to send to NetKey wallet names on any web-based property. And so, for example, if you're in a, a web-based wallet like Coinbase or Blockchain.info or Circle or Uphold or you know any of a number of others I could name, you can just type a wallet name into the send field. And when you type tab to go to the next field or click into the next field, if there's a wallet address associated with that name, it'll automatically resolve it and replace the text for you. And so, basically, what it does is it allows us to extend sending using wallet names from any web-based wallet exchange, you know, whatever else it is. So it's really helpful because it it extends the use of our product pretty broadly very quickly.
2: That's uh, that's nice. How it it's it's also. Fixing a lot of those user error problems of incorrectly copy and pasting uh, your your long wallet address.
3: Yeah, I, I would love for people to check it out and give us feedback. We think it's uh, it's a pretty clean product. It provides a really nice user experience for people both inside of the browser as well as if you hit the little drop down menu for it. Um, and then you know, like our other tools, uh, the code for that is published open source on our GitHub, so you can you know feel confident we're not doing anything weird.
1: Nice. I'm checking it out now. I'm going to check it out immediately when we're done here and and let you know. Uh it looks real smooth. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, please
3: give me your feedback.
1: We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. And that you kind of take us uh take me directly into the next question. Uh you you mentioned earlier uh that you do have other services that you've rolled into it. Sure. Um and so could you explain more uh, in depth the second part of that business model, you know, like as you start to introduce fees and roll in, like, on-ramping services?
4: Uh,
3: you know, I'm not sure I 100% understand the, the question that you're asking. So there's, you know, there's a, a couple ways that, that we make money as a business with what we're doing. Uh, the first is, so yeah. in, in most cases, cool. I thought that's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> how so about, how
0: about in terms of a service provider?
3: Yeah, so if you're, if you're a service provider in the space... Um, between now and uh, uh, the second quarter of 2017, we're, we're not charging anything. We want people to be able to try it out, use it, do all those things, and uh, figure out if they like it, and there's real value there. Uh, starting in the second quarter of 2017, we do intend to charge service providers in the space for hosting of names, um, and uh, we don't exactly know what the fees are yet. We're still figuring that out. But the other side of that is, is if you do find it a valuable service and you don't think we're a good service provider either in terms of cost or in terms of the service we're providing, we did publish this as an open standard so you or someone else could do it themselves.
4: Hmm.
3: So, nice. Yeah, we only want people to pay us because they think we're doing a great job for a fair price, not because they think, we think they have us, over. we think, blah, blah, blah. They think we have <laughs> them over a barrel. Like a
2: That's free a definitely meal. good business model.
3: Yeah, well, it's uh, you know, it's it's uh, worked for me in the past. So I I uh, you know, as part of my history, I helped build uh, technology organizations for three public companies uh from the pre-public to the post-IPO phase. And so, you know, it's a uh, fun pace to pay play.
2: So it's you, you, there's there's I mean, there seems to be quite a bit to netkey other than than just allowing you to have a, a human readable name. You also have um, solutions for like services to auto-register names for their users underneath their own domain. So, uh, for example, the th- the uh, integration you did with ChangeTip and their Tip.me domain, uh, which we have thought we over here thought was pretty ingenious. So, what if what what, what, if, what if I wanted to get paid in Bitcoin by my employer? Um, how would your technology help aid in that happening on a grand scale?
3: Yeah. So there's a couple. So there's a a couple ways that our product works today. One is for most users, they're going to end up getting it for free from from their service provider. So over time, as we add partners to the the service, they'll auto-generate a name for you when you create your account with the service. And, you know, much like you said that ChangeTip did. So as an end user, you know, if you're using a wallet that's participating in the service, they'll just do it for you. If you'd like to have a vanity name of your own, you can actually register for one on our site. Uh, If you register a name under .bit with us, that costs as... Uh, as little it costs a dollar 95 a year if you register something under a traditional domain name like a .com or .net our pricing is very similar to what you would see as an, at another registrar because we end up with the same wholesale rates that they do
2: hmm. I actually
3: have a top bit sweet well yeah. we can either uh help you set it up on your own or you could register a new one through us
2: i have one with you
3: Oh, fantastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: Cool. Uh, So I know last year you were at Inside Bitcoin, and this year you're going to – I guess you're going to present again on, I guess, the startup ecosystem um, topic on Bitcoin. And uh, I don't want you to give away your sermon, but maybe you can give like a condensed Bitcoin podcast version uh, on kind of what you expect out of Bitcoin this year as the technology matures a little further yeah
3: so i mean i I think that this is there's a few things that are going on this year uh, that are very much uh, happening in bitcoin's favor that have an opportunity to help get us over the hump and start to push us into more mainstream adoption uh, one and this is something that actually one of my employees shared with me that I thought was very insightful uh, Jeff Handler shared this with me uh, is you know the idea that actually having fintech companies move to do a lot of stuff on blockchain is very valuable to Bitcoin from a branding perspective. Because before, you know, Bitcoin and blockchain was this crazy thing that those, you know, those technical people were doing. And now it's the platform that NASDAQ is talking about moving to and banks are investing in and other things. And that actually is very legitimizing to people of the underlying technology behind Bitcoin and the fact that they can actually trust it. You know, and I think more than those of us in the space really kind of crowing about, you know, how great Bitcoin is, having, you know, Goldman Sachs investing in it and B of A and all those people be, you know, not no matter what you think of them as companies, you know, having those brands interested in this technology and investing in it and using it is very legitimizing to the common person. And so I think that's, you know, pretty great. And the other thing is, is that applications are starting to have time to mature and be built out. And some of the investment that's been deployed in the last two years is having an opportunity to actually get pushed through the product pipeline and out in front of people. And so the, you know, the quality level of products that I expect to see over 2016 in terms of truly starting to build out, you know, products for mainstream consumers instead of products for people that love Bitcoin, I I think this is a year where we really have an opportunity to see that happen.
1: All right. Nice. Nice. That, uh, That viewpoint is recurring on our show. A lot of guests that we've had tend to say the same thing, and that's all this blockchain free marketing that's getting thrown out there is also going to reflect positively on Bitcoin. So, yeah, that's a nice recurring viewpoint we see. Yeah. Um, In the past, even stated, users don't care about the world-changing power of Bitcoin, which is probably true. People probably don't care if it's going to change the world or not. But they want it to solve a problem that they have in a way that's better than how they do it currently. Uh, as bitcoiners how do we prevent people from focusing less on when bitcoin will reach you know full scale mass adoption and more on looking way looking at ways to focus and improve the strengths of the cryptocurrency ecosystem
3: um well so i i think the two go together um because i you know from my perspective i think by pushing mass market adoption there's two things that you do um the the first thing that you do is but you make people uh, more widely knowledgeable about what the opportunities and prospects are for a technology like blockchain or bitcoin the second is if you do things right you make sure that you are infusing the spirit of what you want to happen into the new system, such that the system itself is changed at the end of it. And you know, let me tell you as an example, a little bit of what I mean by that, because that was a you know, kind of out there statement. Um, if you look back at the uh, telco networks, when the internet started, and I touched on this briefly earlier, you know, the idea that you were going to innovate permissionlessly on top of their network was crazy, right? They told you what kind of phone you could have. You weren't (laughs) building an app on top of that network. And, you know, that changed in a way where now society demanded that there be net neutrality regulations put in place so that phone companies and cable companies couldn't use their advantageous position to place a stranglehold on innovation and create a permission network again. And so, you know, what the internet ended up doing is it, it taught uh, the world a a different way and a better way. And the world refused to go back. Right. Mm. And so if we can do the same things, where we think about what's important to us and we build a system for the masses that has those values infused into it in a way that you know maybe if you if you told people, you know, they should get on the internet because it's a permissionless network, they would have looked at you like you were crazy because they didn't understand <laughs> they didn't understand the value of it, right? But if you right, told yeah. them that they could get recent baseball scores on it, you know, for any team instantly, then, okay, great, I have a reason to go on the internet now. You know, No, seriously, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very real. That's very real. Saying, that's very real. Know, I, I'm, I'm trying to say, the, you know, the same thing for Bitcoin is, if we can create a system that has the values that we have, and we can move the mass market over onto that system, you know, then, hopefully, if we do it in the right way, and we create a system that really is better, Um, People will see that and they're going to refuse to go back. The second is, you know, um, if you're uh, if you have the the mass market uh, Bitcoin system, right, or or whatever system it is, that's the mass market system uh, that actually creates a, a much bigger market for alternative systems with alternative values. Because everybody will know, you know, about the big system, and then we'll be able to find something that is like that, but has the attributes that they like. You know, just like now that there's Facebook, there's way more other social networks that are niche social networks than there were before there was Facebook, even though Facebook dominates the market. That's a good example. Mm -hmm. You know, and so there's, I think that there's a couple ways that we, we should actually embrace it, but we should be careful about the way that we embrace it to ensure that the things that are important to us. And, you know, for me, one of the things that's important to me is the opportunity for permissionless innovation and permissionless access to the network, right? Those are two important values to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and privacy is a very important value to me. Um, you know, a critically important value to me and things like that. And so when I build things, I try and make sure that, you know, those values are always taken into place. And I, and other people who have strong values need to do the same and need to insist that the people that they work with and partner with do that too. Amazing.
1: Amazing. We've got uh one last question for you, Justin. Yeah, sure. It's kind of a doozy. <laughs> and it is in 10 words or less, Can you describe Bitcoin? Typical long
3: pause. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bitcoin is a network that allows people to transfer value.
1: Wow, that's 10 Uh, on the spot. I thought he was going to fail.
3: No, I, was, I had to pull a word at the last second. That was nice. I had to pull a word at the
1: last second, but uh, I feel like you went into that crane pose from Karate Kid. Like, you were dead silent for a second. I thought I lost you. <laughs> I had to get just, to ten words, man. That was pure focus. Yeah, came back <laughs> with ten words on the dot <laughs> in a home run.
3: It's easy to do two paragraphs. Ten words is hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you very much for your time. And just actually like words of wisdom I felt like I was receiving towards the end of this interview about uh, trying to propagate your values. That was <laughs> awesome. I was like, wow
0: this guy's We need to be in the audience in one of his talks. We need yeah, to get some man. tickets, some badges. Yeah.
3: Show up, man. I would I would love to have you there. I, I would tell you we that for to. me me the big difference, like last time I got to do this I, I knew that what I was working on was gonna change the world, right? This time working on it, I know that I'm building the future. And I'm building the world that we're all going to live in, as all of us are, right? And so we need to really actually think about what does that world look like that we want to create, and how do we create it? So that this is a this is an important topic to me. I'm glad you asked me about it.
2: So, well, so what I'm, is I'm that? I'm very very happy that the people who feel that they are changing the world are taking these things into consideration. If maybe not all of them, but some of them are, and that, that means a lot to that means a lot to me that developers take time and think about these types of things. Cool man. I
0: wonder if people who run podcasts help aid that whole world changing view. Are we contributing? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, okay. (laughs) That makes me
3: feel good. (laughs) Messaging messaging is the most important part, right? This isn't field of dreams. If you build it, they don't just come. Oh, that's true.
0: Very realistic. Well, we, um, we're we advocates for what you do, so if you want to come on anytime, let us know. You're welcome.
3: Oh, I'll, I'll totally reach out. You know what? We maybe uh, uh, have some product announcements in the future, and so when I do, I'll reach out to you.
4: I'll
0: yeah, and, and uh, give regards to uh, Don as well. I, I will. Thank you. All righty. Well, All
3: right, man. Have thank a you good- much. Catch you later. All
1: right. Bye. bye. And, yeah, that was Justin. You're welcome, Justin Newton.
2: You're welcome for letting you listen to that. From yeah, America.
1: yeah. You're welcome. I hope your ears are pleased because that was a lot of info. And hey, by the way, go ahead and get a NetKey wallet. Mine is Fergalotti.bit. Okay, um, I I got one,
2: but I forgot it.
1: It's actually Corey dot Petty dot bit. No, that's not it. I want to say that is it's Wallet dot
2: dot bit. Core Petty. Okay. Yeah, wallet. Dot core petty. bit. Or it might just be petty.bit, one of the two. You Are know you getting we away do? from Petty Ho? You can learn. Yeah, I got to grow up sometime. My gamer <laughs> tags will always be Petty but my professional life should probably not have Ho in it. What is the origin of Petty Ho? Uh, we had, it was from soccer. We had a uh, Mexican. He was really Mexican. Uh, his name was Pepe, mm-hmm. and everyone called him Pepe Ho. And he decided to start calling me Petty Ho. And so that's what everyone called me in soccer. And then that just progressed to everyone that I know calling me that. Nice. And, and then for Gamer Tags, once I grew up, and became Petty Ho. So.
1: Nice multicultural origin mm-hmm. stories. That's yeah.
2: good. It was a nickname
0: also. handed by a guy with the nickname to you with a similar nickname.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. I've been, I've been international since, since my early years.
1: What about you, Jello? What, M. Goat McCool. Let's get our origins of
0: our username, our our gamer handles.
2: Uh,
0: so when you first sign up for Xbox, you could <laughs> randomly <laughs> generate a gamer tag. And I hit the random button and Spine Goat came there. So I was Spying Goat for a little bit. And then uh, I watched uh, One Night at McCool's on TV. And I decided to change it to M. Goat McCool. And then um, I... Thought back Backfat Jenkins would be funny. So I changed my gamer <laughs> tag to that.
1: And it was. It was very funny. I've been rocking that a, for a
0: couple years.
2: I had a few of them. They, they thought Pettyho was too bad. They made me change it and I changed it to Pettyfile. <laughs> that did not last very long at all. And then I had to use numbers for letters and be that guy for a little bit so that I could keep my ori- original names.
1: Yeah, they always catch on. That was fine.
2: Yours is the black sauce.
1: Yep. Black sauce. That's... Oh, brother calls me really uh, racist nicknames uh, when he calls me on the phone. (laughs) And one time I called him and he was like, what's up, black sauce? Darkest is night. And I said, okay. I guess that's my game You are the
0: blackest sibling.
1: I am the darkest of the Ninja Turtles. That is correct. I'd be Donatello.
0: I would say you and randy are tied for the blackest fergusons
1: randy's not a ferguson but we are dark that is true anyways uh enough about gamer tags let's talk about bitcoin um so uh, the fork is coming maybe Maybe the core classic fork maybe it happens maybe maybe it doesn't there's already a lot of information that's going out that is very bad. And I just shake in my head. I read an article from Forbes just this morning that was like, the fatal flaw of Bitcoin. When they're updating the software, you can double your coins, coins, coins. And I was like, what? No, nope. Some fucking bullshit. And the article went thorough in not going thorough. It was like... Just thoroughly some, unthorough? Yeah, it was like, some say that you can... Make transactions on both chains, and then you will have double the money at the same time. It's that's only a, oh, no no,
2: that's I mean that's that's true to a certain extent. You can spend your coins that you have unspent currently when the when the, when it forks on both blockchains. But that's assuming that both coins stay at the same evaluation and one doesn't get abandoned. Right? Yes. That's not and, and it, it the miners won't sustain two coins. Because it's, it's completely it's not, not worth their time to do so. Yes, it is not. So, so they'll, they'll jump ship on the failed on, on whatever coin is not work, and start mining the the blockchain so they can keep the revenue stream going. And the
1: but the inputs got to match the
2: outputs, and the blockchain wins. They have, so have twenty eight days to do it yeah. to update their, to update, their, and so everyone has twenty eight de- days to update on whatever the consensus is, because there will be a consensus because that's part of the protocol, and then. It, everything continues the way it's going. It's it's fine.
1: Yeah. That article, maybe I should link it to you so you can laugh when you read it. I was like, nobody's doubling their fucking uh, I'm tired of
2: reading a lot of this just garbage.
1: Are we becoming those? It's hard to corners? find
2: well it's hard to find good information and there's when it's just a sea of diarrhea. Oh. It's, mm. it's so hard to find good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's that's becoming a problem. But not that big of a problem. It's no crisis status. I'm not going to take my ball and go home like Miggity Mike Hearn. Like when
2: I, read, when I read a serious issue, whenever that may come, then I'll start to worry and I will tell people that they should worry too. But I have yet to read anything from the, from the people who are doing the actual things that is worth being scared about. Like they're just like, oh, it's fine. This is what's going to happen. This is a probability this will happen. There's a probability this will happen. None of these things are terrible. The the network will adjust and things will go on. Bitcoin will continue to exist and become and become what it should become. And it's only these people who really aren't doing anything that are making sensationalist things, other than Mike Hearn with his grandiose exit. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is just like, yeah, whatever. You know, things are going well. And then people who, who only contribute garbage continue to contribute garbage
1: yeah it's hard to sift through the garbage to find the actual authenticity sometimes though but you know bitcoin's a growing thing and apparently it's still a project even though i hate referring it to it that way but
0: or experiment
1: yeah just one big old experiment hey if it works which it's clearly working like a motherfucker but if it works you know whatever. if it doesn't Stupid ass shit. Anyways, I'm going to stop voicing my opinions towards that phrase and talk about what is happening. By the way, guys, we just want to reiterate. If you own Bitcoin and there is a fork, just don't move your money and just wait. Because the people, unless you have your own wallet and you're doing all that custodian stuff on your own. The security... You're running core on a desktop, all these things just be if, if someone else, is, you're with Coinbase, if you're with Circle, they're going to take care of it. You just sit
2: sit on your bits. you need to sit on them. It's not oh. necessary to sit on them. Just, don't do, just do your normal behavior.: Yeah, And let, the only time you should really worry is if there's a Bic, if you're running a Bitcoin node, if you're running a Bitcoin node, you're going to need to update your software with whatever mm-hmm. the consensus would be. Other than that, stop caring. Yep. And having core
1: running on is running a node. Having a big the Bitcoin core wallet on your desktop is running a node. So you're gonna have to upgrade if they do updates. Yeah, if, but that's
2: assuming you're sending transactions through that. If you're sending transactions through that, then you should probably update your update your client to whatever it's going to be.
1: Yeah, but it, it, it automatically keeps a full node running in the background. Yeah, I know. That's box.
2: running it, that's considered running a node, but yeah, you're, I see what you're saying. That's that's considered running a node. So, yeah. if, if, but if you're not sending your transactions through that through that Bitcoin Core client, then you shouldn't have to worry.
1: Yeah. And if Classic wins, then download Classic, and then boom, you're good to go. Coins haven't moved; still there. There will be plenty of
2: tutorials on how to do so based yeah. on what happens. But
1: yeah.
0: um,
2: we'll so keep what? you updated.
1: Um, we'll keep you up to date. Oh impromptu jingles.
0: Hey, we have over 16,000 downloads of our podcast. Wow, That's more really? more people than than Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If every person in that city listened to our podcast.
1: Um
2: Roanoke?
0: Is that how you pronounce it? I think so.
2: Wow, really?
0: Roanoke? <laughs>
2: I, I would just I didn't even think about that's what you're trying to say.
0: That's Roanoke. How do you know how to pronounce that obscure city?
2: How do you not know how to pronounce Roanoke? There's so many vowel
0: there's more vowels and consonants. That's weird.
2: Have you never heard of Roanoke? You never heard of Roanoke? No.
0: no. Wow. <laughs> well we have more we have more downloads than they have people. Don't sound so defeated. No, no,
4: <laughs> man, network.
0: whatever. What I learned about, <laughs> I learned about that chart about sleeping and getting success today too. So this is what, productive.
1: Sleep leads to success.
0: What is that called again? Merlot's, uh table of success.
1: Merlo, it's Merlin.
0: Maslow. All right, I'm learning stuff today.
1: It's Maslow. Maslow's table
0: of hierarchy needs.
1: You've also got a little Pavlov going on in there, but I believe. Damn it, I have to Google him. Pavlov? You know what Pavlov is?
2: Pavlov is psychological training. He's a psychologist. Oh, his name is Ivan. I know him. Really? You know him by his first name? Hmm. Yeah.
1: You're well acquainted with Ivan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know Ivan. Maslow's hierarchy. I get fucked. I mixed him up with Pavlov. Maslow's hierarchy of theory.
1: It's something as a teacher you have to know because. If a kid hasn't been eaten in a while, you understand there's no way they can concentrate on the stuff you're trying to teach them, so you just kind of take it easy on them. Sometimes I teach homeless kids sometimes, and you Dude. can tell when shit's been going down in their life outside of school, so you just kind of keep it easy on them.
0: Like that fat kid that broke the chair?
1: He's not homeless. He's just fat.
2: <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You can't park your van on a diving board.
0: Let's play <laughs> Would You Rather. Would you rather be a homeless kid or would you rather be so fat you broke a chair in
2: the middle of class?
1: Oh, my God, dude. That's so embarrassing. It was so bad. <laughs> I
2: hope he listens to the podcast and he's going to hate you and sue you.
1: He knows he's fat, though. He's like, man, I know I'm
0: fat.
2: But well, he records it he
1: broke a chair. <laughs> it's not magic. He listens to the show sometimes, I think.
0: Oh, well, then we should stop.
1: He's good. You don't, he don't know me,
0: <laughs> unless he goes to the about section of the website.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then Google's you, and then <laughs> knows exactly who you are. Okay,
0: then, that's right. Internet. <laughs> All right, I have to jet. Why? To oh, you gotta sure. go. Yeah, and you you can you guys can wrap up the episode. I'll but wrap it up. I gotta. You so. wrap it up. All right, okay,
1: so we'll do this quick. At the BTC podcast on Twitter. Cello runs it. He loves it. Talk to him. He'll talk back. Uh, we're getting lots of tweets out there. People are liking them, retweeting them. Zapchain.com slash Z slash just two guys. That's our community. There's eight of us now. So it's growing. It went from zero and then me, which was one, and then Corey and Cello, which was then three. Actually, there were people
2: there before me and Cello got there. Yes. We were, we were late to the party.
1: You guys relate to the party, and now there are eight people in there dancing and singing. It's a kumbaya sesh. I haven't been too active on there lately, and that's my bad, but I'm going to get it going again. Um, Thebitcoinpodcast.com, of course. If you want somebody interviewed or you know somebody who could be interviewed that's doing amazing things using Bitcoin or the Bitcoin blockchain or blockchain technology, go to the website. Send us an email. We will Google them. And see if there were the, and then we'll get them on the show. Um, what else, Corey? Am I missing anything? Facebook,
2: Facebook, iTunes. Yeah. Uh, find us anywhere you can find any podcast. We're on there. Should be. And
1: we try to keep it easy here at the Bitcoin
2: Podcast. So. I may or may not be here next week. I'll be sitting on a beach, doing jujitsu and surfing.
1: That Sorry, sounds about like, you. like Fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. um let's see oh if you do listen on itunes maybe leave us a review you know hop on over there open up the app you know sign in say hey i listen to this podcast every week and these guys are the bees knees okay they're the bees knees and you need to listen to them talk about bitcoin um because they know what they're talking about and they keep it easy all right Keep it
2: easy. So I would be happy stars. if you if you just gave us five stars and wrote something that just said, they don't suck. That's perfect for me. That's enough. Five yeah. stars, they don't suck.
1: Easy to please, Corey. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I want a dissertation as to
2: why you believe we Don't fool. get me wrong. People like reading those long ones. But if you saw a bunch of five-star ratings that just said they don't suck, you'd listen to that podcast. I guarantee you.
1: <laughs> All right. Well that concludes this episode go out and get a net key wallet if you want to they're real cheap and it's really cool to just say hey send my money to my name and that's where my money goes all of it so anyway you guys have a good one and play
4: yeah.
1: the outro